0: And welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of the show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katja, I'm the host, and today with me... Maria, Barbara, and... Carol. Ha ha ha, see, we have a new guest today. (laughs) Do-do-do. Carol, can you please tell us something about yourself,
1: just a little bit? Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? Sure. Um I'm from Brazil, from a city called Manaus. Not many people know about it. Um uh, it's in the Amazon. People know about the Amazon. <laughs> I've been here in Russia for about five years. Oh wow. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I came here because I want to how I did you to end up in Russia? I I knew someone here and I was looking into another place to another country to move into and uh, this friend said, hey, why don't you come check it out? To Siberia? Yes. And uh, I came here as a tourist first to really just check it out. I liked it and I stayed. Aww. (laughs) That's my story. How do you feel about the weather? The first year was very difficult uh, to get adjusted. But now I'm fine with it. Great. No yes. Oh, fantastic. You know, I have, um, well, I used to
0: have a classmate. He was an exchange student. And at that time I lived in Yucutia, which is literally the coldest place on earth. And my classmate was from Brazil. He was from a little town uh, named Seo Getardo. So I, mm. he says that nobody knows about it because apparently it's like a small village or a very little town. Yeah, I don't think I know about it.
1: <laughs> That's what he so says that nobody does. So he's right.
0: <laughs> so, and we were so, you know, worried about him because mm-hmm. it was minus 50 most of the winter.
1: He fell in love with it and later he moved to Alaska. Wow. Because he fell in love with the snow. So, wow. That's amazing. But yeah, now that I'm used to the cold weather, when it gets hot here, I can't handle it. <laughs> Oh, because of humidity? Well, I mean, we have dry air, so we have dry heat. So what about your free time? What do you like doing in your free time? I like watching films. I'm on Netflix a lot. Uh, I like learning new things. Uh, It can be languages or just uh, any new skill. Do you happen um, to like reading books? I do, but uh, the books that I read uh, are usually about uh, businesses um, and Technology. Oh, wow. Well, yes. <laughs> that's not going to help a lot during the podcast then. But, uh, I do know about other types of literature as well. It's just not what I presently read about much. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: ladies, we are here today to talk about literature. But before we jump into the topic, I, as always, want to ask our listeners to... Tell us what you think about our show. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our page on Apple, Yandex, Google, or, well, any platform where you listen to our podcast, and let us know what you think. You can rate and review our show, leave us stars, give comments. You can even send your ideas about our next episodes. We have already had several episodes that were inspired by our listeners' ideas, so, ta-da! Feel free to send whatever you need to say to us. It won't take much time or effort, right? But it will indeed help us a lot to become even better so and now we can actually start talking about books so and i want to ask you what actually is your relationship with books and reading do you do you read what do you typically read so what's the situation like
2: well, when I was a little girl, I was thinking about how I first learned how to read. And I learned how to read by Dr. Seuss. I don't know if you're... Oh, yes, over. yes, yes, yes. But it was so popular yeah, Dr. back Seuss. then. Yeah, Dr. Um, cat in the hat and one fish two fish red fish blue fish in hand. and m- my mother would go to the library and get a stack of books for me to read i had a speech impediment and i couldn't say the r's and so i had to learn how to say r's with, mm. with my books i think that's a common
0: problem for russian kids as well who can't say r very common thing
2: yeah
0: oh wow wait what uh, at what age did you learn how to read
2: yeah, it was more like five or six. Mm-hmm. I was kind of a late reader. I know some kids start early, but I wasn't. I wasn't.
0: I think that's more of an exception, you know, when they start reading at like three or something. So wait, since you've mentioned childhood, so was that the time then when you when you had this love for reading?
2: The love so, for reading came when my sister would pull us into her bedroom and read to us. So she read Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Aww. Finn. She read some risque books as well. <gasps> and she read... Revel. And she, yes, she had all these... Uh, books in her library. And so I became a lover of literature from just hearing the words, even when you don't understand, you don't Mm -hmm. have to understand everything, just this musical tone, the intonation, and just the way words sound. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic.
3: Yeah.
0: Maria, (laughs) what about you? What's your relationship with literature like? Well,
3: I think that I started to love books uh, in my early childhood uh, and I was always surrounded by surrounded by people who loved reading, my grandfather and my father. I mean, they used to read all the time when they didn't work, uh, especially at meals. Uh, that's what I still love to do, uh, eat and read <laughs> at the same time. And, uh, well, I also was happy enough to work in a bookstore when I was a student, which were very happy four years or three years because I could read all the new newest books.
0: Oh, so were you allowed to actually read the
3: books? Yeah, well, we were. <sighs> uh, yeah, Ooh, uh, like, we, how we, do you know this? I mean, we just needed to um, um, be very, very accurate with them,
0: and yeah. It's like having access, you know, to yeah. secrets, to treasures. Yeah. But what about
2: the reading at the table? So your father and your grandfather would just chomp on their food and have a book in their hand and read? Yeah. <laughs> and no one talked, but they just read. And
3: uh, Well, mm. Yes, kind of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is that unusual? To me, that sounds unusual.
3: Well, of course, for example, when my grandfather used to read uh, at uh, the table, my grandmother was annoyed. Uh. And she asked him to stop, but she never could because, well, <laughs> he was obsessed with reading. Oh,
2: it's a good obsession.
3: Yeah. And really? uh, well, we, we have lots of books. Uh, my uh Grandparents uh, had a very big uh, home library. I mean, literally a whole room full of uh, bookcases <sighs> and like from floor to like to the to ceiling. Yeah, to the ceiling. And uh, um, the same in my parents' house, but uh, maybe not the same. Like, do they still have it? Uh, my parents.
0: Well, both your parents and grandparents? Uh, well,
3: my grandparents are n- not alive, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's why, well, we have these books, but we keep them in, in the garage in in the box, boxes.
2: And oh. they get moldy too, right? Have you gotten moldy boxes of moldy books? It might happen. Yeah. Well, we, depending
0: on the conditions, I yeah. guess. We try
3: <clears throat> to keep them in the dry place. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, just. In the Soviet Union time, uh, it was books were precious, were precious because uh, it was very difficult to find the books and my grandmother was very proud when she could get some books. And, well, they had pretty nice, not collection, but pretty nice. So.
0: I would still say, like, you know, a collection because at that time, um, remember how most of the books, so let's say one author had um, one style of the cover, yeah. So you would try to get them all, you know, so you would have a whole shelf of one style, one color. Well, but I wouldn't call it a
3: collection because a collection, it's something uh, to me, it's something useless. But uh, the books that they had, they read, actually. Mm-hmm. My grandfather read all the books he had.
2: Oh, so you're talking about some people who collect books but don't read them. Yeah. Because we just love looking at them and smelling them. Yeah, so, there are people like <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, ma-
3: they match with our wallpaper. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know that now for people like that, you can even have, um, so, you know, like and you can have this series of books, but they aren't books actually. It's like colored uh. pieces of wood that look like books. Just oh pretend. my God. Yeah. You it's like pretend, pretend books. You yeah, a save a lot of money. Behind them well, if you want to.
1: <laughs> That's what some people do, I think.
0: After that, you know, I would, <laughs> I would know what to, where to look for
2: a safe. Well, we like yeah. the idea of reading. We like this, this notion of looking at these strange symbols and how do these symbols from the past come into our eyes and brain and how do these authors speak to us I mean it's just this weird concept right yeah so basically what you do you just stare at ink on dead
0: trees and that (laughs) creates worlds in your head basically so okay so you both Barbara and Maria you got to love reading when you were children
1: what about you Carol Well, in my situation, uh, my mom was an educator, Uh, she's now retired, uh, and she liked reading a lot. Uh, I cannot speak for the entirety of Brazil, but Mm -hmm. uh, at least in my city, it's not common for parents to read to their kids. So it's not something that uh, my family ever did, but my mom did always try to buy some books according to my age mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. the beginning and uh, some books in her collection I was not allowed to read until later in life well that uh, makes sense yeah um, but uh, yeah I grew up there, there's this encyclopedia collection meant for children that I would read and I would Aww. really devour those books I really liked them and I, I read each of these books several <laughs> times
0: Oh, that's so great. I wish I ever had something like that. You know, like Encyclopedia for Children. We only had those encyclopedias with no pictures. You know, just you open it and it's like three or five columns of just words in very little font. So, which obviously was never interesting to kids, you know.
1: Yeah, mine, uh, there was like each Encyclopedia had this one theme. One was uh, fairy tales and so you had pictures and texts mm-hmm. to read. Another one taught you how things were made. Uh, like, okay, how, how do you make the door open and close in restaurants and things like that? And another one was about medical stuff. Another one was about uh, art. Uh, so it was oh. a l- really a little bit of everything. So you really got to
0: learn a lot about the world. Yes. Oh, that's so great. So great. Oh, I wish I had something like that. You know, it's interesting because I never liked reading much when I was a kid. You know, of course, you know, we had some books, we had some children's books. I liked the pictures in there. I was like, oh, you know, bright pictures. Great. Sometimes um, when I had to visit a dentist, you know, my mom to calm me down afterwards, you know, would give me some reward and we would go to a bookshop and I would buy, you know, you know, those very, very little books, but mostly pictures again. So I was reading, you know, some books here and there, but not, you know, not a huge fan of it. Like, okay. Yeah, that looks interesting. Let me read it. Until in my eighth grade, so I was 13 at the time. So I got into new school and I was sitting, you know, at one desk with a classmate of mine. And she was a bookaholic, really. She was reading all the time, you know, even secretly. (laughs) She would put the book, you know, under the desk, you know, and just...
1: Secretly read. Forget about school, biology, physics. Let me read a book here.
0: But at the same time, she was an excellent student. You know, she was really smart. And she was the one who introduced me to this world of books. She told me about uh Terry Pratchett, Ray Bradbury, you know, all those marvelous people who later, you know, had a huge influence on my life. And up to this day, I'm really thankful for her to that. Because if it wasn't for her, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be as, you know, well read. I do not know. So.
1: I'm really That's really great. grateful. That's great. You had someone like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So what about now? Do you do you often read now or
2: So what's what's it like? Yeah, I haven't read a book in a long time.
1: <gasps> I, I hate
2: to admit it, but I I don't. I just don't have the concentration anymore because when you read a book You want to spend the weekend reading. You want to spend all night reading. You want to get in there. And Mm -hmm. if you can only read here and there, you can't keep the story together. Hmm. So it's always um, articles, news articles, current events. That's what I read. What about audiobooks? That would be a good thing but how am I going to just sit there and listen to this? But you don't have to sit and listen. What about no, you know uh, I, but then you lose concentration yeah, which is yeah, pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're driving and listening, you, you know, you have to sit there. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Yeah, I mean uh, I
3: absolutely understand what Barbara is talking about because reading is uh, is a process. It's it's a serious process and uh, you should be devoted to mm-hmm. it. So that's why maybe I don't read as much as I used to anymore. And, well, I feel sorry
0: for that. Mm -hmm. What about short stories then? Because, you know, some people love reading short stories. You know, they might read one short story a day because usually it's like, what, from
2: three to 20 pages? Well, sometimes it's like a little bit more, but still. Yeah, it was just um, a couple of months ago, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, um, but one of my favorite authors is Edgar Allan Poe, American Um, writer. And so I decided to look up one of his short stories, because these were short stories that my sister would read to Mm -hmm. me. I thought, how would it sound? How would it feel for me to read it as an adult? And so I did look it up on the um, uh, internet, The Mm -hmm. Pit and the Pendulum, and um, The House at Ruge Morgue, and these just um, torturous stories. And so yeah, it was digestible, the short. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because I know that there are so many great authors who mostly wrote short stories. Let's say Ray Bradbury, fantastic writer, mostly wrote short stories. So, and I love him a lot, but I don't like short stories. So, but this is an exception.
3: (laughs) Well, the the only exception I would say. Have you ever read O. Henry? Because he was a master of short stories.
0: I think I only like a couple of short stories, but only because I had to at the university.
3: Would you recommend? I I loved him so much when I was a teenager. I mean, a lot. Uh, When I was a teenager, I loved, uh, like, well, O. Henry, then Mark Twain, and maybe Agatha Christie and Conan Doyle. I mean, a teenager, like, 12, 13, something like this. And uh, O. Henry, I I really appreciate him. I think he's great because uh, he's, well his uh, short stories are filled with humor and irony and at the same time a bit of sadness and
0: seriousness that makes stuff. the best stories yeah. with the
3: combination and the language uh, well
0: i love revisiting you know uh, some of the books when i when i become older you know because when you read something as a teenager you see one side of it but when you you know reread it after 10 years, 15 years, you see a totally different side of the story.
1: Yeah. I get this feeling a lot. And I think part of it is the things they learn as you age. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you age, like, you know, old or something. But uh, <laughs> what I mean is um, you get a different understanding of it and it's almost like a, a new revelation.
3: Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, sometimes you get uh, just to another layer. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes... Uh, You can get disappointed. Uh, Not (laughs) disappointed, but, well, for example, um, you can think that, oh, those books are a bit primitive, maybe. And uh, you realize that if you first read them at at this age, at your current age, you wouldn't love them. But what you loved when um, you were a kid or a teenager, I think it still influenced your life a lot mm-hmm. and it formed you, it shaped you as a person. That's why I appreciate uh, the authors uh, I loved when I when I was mm-hmm. a kid.
0: Carolyn, what about you, by the way? So what about you reading
1: now? How often do you read? Do you read at all? Um, as I mentioned um before, right now, all my everything I read is related. When it comes to books, is related to things that I want to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I save stories of any kind to what I can find on the internet and anything that seems interesting enough. Um, but yeah, when it comes to books, it's just basically that. So nonfiction, then nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I like reading biographies a lot. Oh,
2: yes. I love biographies. Yes. I love biographies because it kind of teaches you how to be a human. Like, like how do they do it? Maybe I can do it that same way. Why do you mm-hmm. like biographies?
1: Um, I like um, for the same reason as yours. Really, like uh, I see these people. I see the people they have become, and I like learning their history and kind of like compare myself it's like okay uh, see like I was in a I don't know better situation worse situation and uh, this is what this person did about it and that's something that maybe Mm -hmm. I can do too uh, or something that I don't specifically believe in that I can do Uh, based on what I read about this other person's life I can say oh actually I can you know so Mm -hmm. that uh, I get quite inspired by reading people's biographies
0: I think I have never read a biography. Like you know, reading a, something about a person on the internet is one thing. I don't consider that you know as a full mm-hmm. size biography. But I've realized I've never read a, you know a book, a biography, or, no, or an autobiography.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a certain curiosity you have about this person. Where did this person come from? How did they become who they are? Mm-hmm. What challenges did they face? How did they overcome them? And this was just so interesting. Would
0: you say that we need to read biographies or do you read biographies of people you know? I mean, of some, let's say, famous people you have heard about or is it worth reading
1: about people you have never heard of? I would say um, it's also worth it to read about someone you've never heard about. That was one of my first experiences reading a biography. Uh, I was living with this couple in the United States and they had this one that they bought about Carol Burnett. Uh, she was an Amer- American comedian right and uh, I had no idea who she was I didn't you know about her existence mm-hmm. but I read she, she's actually a really funny person from the time she was little she did really funny things like pretending she had a twin sister to <laughs> okay. trick her neighbors you know <laughs> little things like that and because I like her story so much I decided to look her up and found her shows that she was in mm-hmm. and then I liked her and before i even knew her just by reading the biography and even more after oh and you I saw you her remember shows.
2: her with the gone with the wind
1: curtain rod yeah i didn't know about that oh okay you have to <laughs> look up gone other with the shows, wind curtain like from, rod from um, <laughs> Some skits uh, that she used to do on television. Yeah, it was based on, of course, Gone with the Wind, where mm. Scarlett
2: had to make some dress out of the curtains. So she decided to make a dress. And so it had a curtain rod. (laughs) She didn't take the curtain rod out. You've got to look it up. It's so
1: funny. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But the way I read biographies or autobiographies uh, when I used to read uh, would be in um, like a topic. So I had a whole bunch of movie star, Marilyn Monroe, Mm -hmm. Jane Manson. Uh, Vivian Leigh, everyone in Hollywood in the like in the thirties and forties, mm-hmm. I, I especially loved, and then uh, musicians like country musicians, um, then politicians, mm-hmm. uh, different topics. Oh wow, okay. Because I'm really tempted
0: sometimes to read a biography, but I am lost because there are so many you know people, so many books in the biography section, and very often I don't even know who these people are. Like how how do I choose? Panic. I know that now. I think one of the most popular autobiography. I think I think it is. It's becoming by Michelle Obama. I've heard of it. So I haven't read it. Really it, ha- it has been like it. a bestseller. Right. Every single bookstore uh, you go to. Yeah, I'm to not sure about it it now, but it's still.
1: Yeah. I, I like the one about Tina Fey. Uh, uh, another comedian. She, yeah, she's also another woman who made it into. This genre, uh, which is a difficult place for women to be accepted in, uh, uh, it's usually a male industry. So definitely, back in the day, you yeah. only saw men being mm-hmm. funny. She was one of the pioneers <laughs> in, like, as far mm-hmm. as being a woman and writing a TV show for a comedy show in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's a good read too.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and what did we uh, talk about? English versus American literature. In general, which one do you think is more known, maybe? And have you read much of English literature? Have you read much of American literature? So. Well,
3: I, for some reason, I think that maybe British literature is more well known. Because when I tried to remember all the. British authors and all the American authors I know, uh, more British come to my mind. But at the same time, I'm a big uh, fan of science fiction. And then when it comes to science fiction, American authors are bigger and greater. And Mm -hmm. I know more names.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the children, I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. So that was A.A. A. Mill. That yeah. British. British. And back in the day, those were the original books, and he actually read the books on um, a record. And so Aww. I had the record. So that's the real Winnie the Pooh, not Disney, but but <laughs> not this. Yeah. Disney. No, no, not that. And then Wind in the Willow, that's also British. Graham, I think. Wrote it. Did you ever read "Wind in the Willows"? It was actually when you read it, it's really for adults. I mean, it's very complicated. <laughs> it's about these animals like Mr. Toad who had yeah. a, a roadster. I
3: remember El- it was a um, cartoon series. Yeah, but something. before that, before that, yeah, I, I don't think I have read a book, oh. but I know. Yeah, yeah, "Wind
2: in the Willows" is wonderful for children and adults.
3: Yeah, and Lewis Carroll again. If we speak about uh, books for children, British
0: again. And Bridget Kipling was also British, right? He
3: was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, uh, my mother was a, a great fan of P.G. Woodhouse. She. Oh had, my God! Do you I like? Love? Him. Do you think it's so funny? Jeeves and Wooster. Yes, oh. my mother would just cackle. She would sit there and read and read and laugh. And I never really got the British humor. I tried her reading it. and But then she'd read it to me. And when she'd read it to me, it was much more funny when she read it. (laughs) But yeah.
3: Woodhouse. Well, the books are great, and the TV series with uh, with Doctor House <laughs> is also great. Yeah, Hilary, St- Hilary and Stephen Fry. Fry yeah. oh, and, Stephen
0: Fry is another man yeah. I admire. Yeah.
3: Speaking of Woodhouse, once I was very happy to come across a, a secondhand bookstore, and I found uh, about like four or five books of Woodhouse brand new and they cost about like 30 rubles each and i bought Mm. several oh now
0: that's what you call a bargain Mm -hmm. yep wow (laughs) but yeah i wonder why i wonder why there are i think in general more uh english authors than there are american authors well maybe not now because now you know it's easier to get to write but why? Maybe that's because you know of the history, because of the amount of
2: universities back in the day. I don't know. So I don't know. We have, we had a lot of American writers like in the turn of the century when we were um, hashing out the uh, new government mm-hmm. and the wild, wild west. Um, we wanted to really break from the British and become our own people. Mm-hmm. And so we had a certain American literature and this was to depict us as um, independent. And- I have a few feeling that uh, the boom
0: of this American literature started in the 20th century like in
2: the 1900s you're saying mm-hmm. yeah um, I think so I, I do think so um, but this new um, we're more straightforward and simple and we have different kind of sense of humor I guess if you want to look at Mark Twain um, uh, authors that I grew up with with my sister reading to us uh, J.D. Salinger Mm-hmm. I would recommend these books to in, any English learner because mm-hmm. they are simple and straightforward. Um, he wrote um, "Franny and Zooey," "Lord of the Flies." Oh, I remember reading that; it was mind blowing. Yeah, and and these books you, makes uh, you think. Uh, have been banned by some religious groups that say, "Oh, you, our children cannot read such such trash," and so there would be sometimes heated debates between Mm -hmm. different groups of banning these books. Um, And the other one is, oh, John Steinbeck. He comes off as being very simple, straightforward, easy to read compared to... Russian writers (laughs) oh well compared to Russian you know
0: Russian literature is nothing but misery and (laughs) suffering you know okay so
2: if you want some suffering Grapes of Wrath that's by John Steinbeck and of Mice and Men very interesting but as I say just But I would never call it easy I wouldn't say it's easy yeah okay for me that's why I okay uh English learners who are they don't want to read something flowery and complicated. Of course, there's complication on a psychological level. Yeah. Uh, but the the writing is just so straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's not fancy. It's not fancy pantsy. Yeah. It, it's well, not I mean,
3: like one sentence will last for fifteen yes, lines. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Which is Russian literature in yeah. a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. You oh, know that's actually good to know. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny because when
1: it's straightforward, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. So that's actually how they know um, the professors at American university. That's how they spot a Russian. Because a friend of mine, she was getting her uh, master's degree, and you know, her advisor just asked her once, like, "Are you, are you, are you a Russian?" She's like, "Yeah, why?" And she just showed her, you know, a page, and she highlighted one sentence. It was like seven lines, and she's like, "That's how. <laughs> like only Russians do that." So we love that. Maybe you know the the genes of you know like Tolstoy run in our blood, you know, and this love for yes.
1: long, long, long yes. sentences. But I also heard the same about Lord of the Rings. I heard it's quite right. descriptive. And-
2: yeah, certainly. Right?
1: Yeah, um, the, the, I because I think
0: you you must have
1: read this. You haven't. No, I haven't. I I haven't. I mean, that's the reason I haven't read it yet. I heard it's extremely descriptive.
2: And and like full of fantasy and very colorful, right, as I understand it?
1: Yeah, I heard like... But he was a professor of linguistics. It dedicates just uh, one page to describe a, a guy's armor. You know, so that's a lot of description But I would, I would expect
0: me. you know that to be written in a be- really beautiful way because, as Masha has just said, um, Tolkien was a professor of linguistics, so mm-hmm. he knew and his it's, way and with it's words. Musical <laughs>
2: to the ear, I love hearing that flowery language. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. beautiful.
0: Yeah. So do you do you think that you in general have read more of uh, English literature or more of American literature?
2: I'd say English.
3: I would say maybe American uh I well, it's strange I know more um uh, British authors, but I think I have read more of
0: American authors I think yeah. I've read more of British, but that's also because of university when we had to read British literature whether you wanted it or not you had to so that's how yeah, I so read of
2: course in in American schools we are we are to read American literature so but I
0: feel so sad that uh for some reason we don't know well I mean for example I as a former student of faculty foreign languages, I was very sad that we were not taught about American literature. We were told so much about British literature and, you know, we spent a whole year on, you know, this English literature, Shakespeare and whatever. But why wouldn't you, you know, divide one semester, you know, devote one semester to English literature and one semester to American literature? Because I want to know more about, you know, both worlds, basically. So now I have to catch up myself and actually, you know, it's interesting
2: that you say this and you clump it all in American literature, because when we're um, talking about the regions of the United States, and um, I got my education in the South, I went to the university in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, It was all about Southern literature, which is different. You're not going to get that from, you know, Grapes of Wrath or John Steinbeck. So you have the Southern literature so um, oh. we're kind of divided in, in that way. Can you remember any of the names? No, because I didn't really want to read. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't take the courses. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't interesting to me.
1: Oh, wow. But it's perfect to get to know American history, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Books?
2: Because, well, through literature, you can see uh, prejudices. You can see a certain kind of mentality you can see things of how people thought. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so one literature is, is Gone with the Wind, of course. That's um, Margaret Mitchell. She's a Southern writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh Yeah, and what about
2: the book about Uncle Tom? Right, yeah, and that would be considered, um, let's see, yeah, Beecham Stowe. So that, I guess, was Southern. But I don't know if she, was, she lived in the North as well. So, yeah, maybe that would be considered mm-hmm. that same kind of pre-Civil War. His, his, his Well, it would be like history. Yeah, history novels.
0: Because I remember we had that book um, at home when I, when I was a kid. And I was always, you know, thinking that it would be something, you know, very light. You know, because Uncle Tom, it sounds so great. And yeah. I was a kid, I'm like, one day I'm going to read it. And then I started to, I'm like, oh, this is nothing what I expected it to be. (laughs) Close the book, put it, because I was like 11, 12, you know.
2: That book was one of the books that really got people to see what slavery was about and to get kind of get, um, um, I guess, politicized with it. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing that kind of led to the Civil War because people understood what was it about. Help me.
0: What is another book that, um, Singing in the, no. To was Kill a it, Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. Thank you. Harper Lee. Thank, I don't, yeah. How did you even understand what I was talking about? But thank because you. Because
3: I, I, I had been thinking about this book and I was about, <laughs> oh, no. I, I was about yeah. to ask, uh, is Harper Lee a Southern or Northern yeah. author?
0: Yeah, I think she's Southern as well. Is the Action takes place somewhere in the South? Oh yeah, Southern?
3: definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. We
3: analyzed the Atticus Finch's right. speech at university, ah. like from this styli- point of view of stylistics.
2: Yeah.
1: I actually like reading a lot about uh, that time in American history when, like, pre-Civil War and uh, all the movements that happened uh, around that time. I'm a a big fan.
0: Yeah. So let's let's then uh, since we've touched upon it, let's let's focus more uh, on uh, American literature. Then, so um, we've mentioned some of the brightest representatives. So, Barbara, you've mentioned Mark Twain and uh, Salinger. Tennessee Williams, Hemingway. Oh, Tennessee
2: Williams. Oh, talking about misery. Oh, that <laughs> talking was about Oh misery. my goodness, those are plays. Like the Glass Menagerie. Oh, poor little Gippy, had a little Oh, a a girl who's lame uh, and an alcoholic uh, father or something. I don't know, but if you want misery, Read Tennessee Williams.
3: Yeah. If you are, uh, the, if <laughs> yeah. you are fed up uh, with Dostoevsky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if you've read all of his translations. But <laughs> well, it's true.
0: Yeah, the Opplies. That's true. Then um, Hemingway. Hemingway. He's another direct, straightforward kind of writer. He loved cats. Have you ever been to his uh, to his house in uh, Key West? No, I Oh have God, not. you have to go. You have to go. So the thing is that he used to have more than 50 cats and up to this day, there are 54 cats in this house. Uh-huh. But the thing is that, um, so of course these are not the exact cats, right. but the descendants of those. But the thing is that a lot of them have this, well, I do not know whether I can call it genetic mutation, but they have... Right, these, they're polydactyl. Yes, <laughs> they are so adorable. I've been yeah. there, they are so yeah. cute. And that's, you know, coming from a non a cat person you know I'm more or less indifferent about cats but even I took pictures of all of them I think (laughs) all of them that I could see yeah who else Um,
3: so what are we doing are we making a list of American authors right? yeah
0: I was just trying to think of the brightest
3: representatives like uh, for example Lost Generation uh, Fitzgerald
0: what does that mean so Lost Generation so Uh, how how would you like post uh, First World War writers so twenties, yeah,
3: 90s. Great Depression, Great, De- and people who were lost after the First World War and who didn't know how to get by, how to, what to do, and what the life brings to them. Well, like Hemingway, Fitzgerald.
0: So what, um, what would be the common, or you know, the, uh, well, the common topics in the books of that time. So
2: well, I mean, you know, was it was it like class or wealth and poor gaps or what was it?
3: Uh, You mean the topics? Yeah, I guess uh, how to live a life after the war, how to find your place in the society, how to uh, how not to get drunk every day, maybe or. because that's what helped them. How not to get drunk every day. Or how to get drunk and still be able to function. An <laughs> and, oh, well, suicidal ideas. But at the same time, a friendship, uh, because they appreciated friendship and uh, this, like, comrade sense.
0: Because yep. I have, to be honest, I'm very bad with, you know, these dates. So whenever I hear the name, I can't you know, match it with the date. So let's say Hemingway, what were the years? Like 1930s?
2: Well, 40s, I'm,
3: I'm bad at, at dates either. So, so that's
2: why I very yeah. often I'm like, what, what yeah, I didn't the make frame? any kind of list of dates. All I know are some of his books, but yeah, I don't know. We should have made a timeline. We should have. Yeah, we, should have. we should have been a little Damn bit more it. scholarly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. I've recently seen, um, you know, a meme on the internet. Let's say uh, Tolstoy's books in a nutshell. So it's like everyone is miserable. Uh, Hemingway's books in a nutshell, everyone is drunk and miserable. (laughs) Like, okay. Oh, drunk and cynical. That was it. So Mm. everyone is drunk and cynical. Yeah, because
3: when you become miserable, you need to commit suicide. Uh, (laughs) According to Hemingway, I mean. Uh
2: Yeah. So, you don't need to read the books then. Just read the memes and then you understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, I mean.
0: You have to read the books <laughs> to see what led people, you know, to, to creating such memes. <laughs> Actually, I had I posted this meme on our Wellesley, Wellesley Russian account, so the account of Russian Department at Wellesley, and my professor's like, "Well, students who have taken my course on Tolstoy's works know that this is nonsense. His <laughs> books are not about misery. You should join my course and check this out yourself." I'm like, "Nice ad, Professor Hodge. <laughs> nice ad." So yeah, all right. And what about English literature. So, who are the brightest representatives? Well,
3: uh, what about, sh- shall we go along the timeline or, because I'm very bad at timelines, <laughs> uh, well, Charles Dickens, I guess. Oh, Jane yes. Austen. Uh, like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Charles Dickens, like the right. middle, n- mid 19th century. Uh, well, maybe Lewis Carroll.
1: Uh, <laughs> Bronte's sister. Oh, yeah, husband. yeah. I yeah, like yeah. stories yeah. a lot. All the three of them. <laughs> three? There were three. I th- I heard Charlotte. Two. Emily, right? Emily.
3: And... Her, uh, and the third one. And the third one. Okay.
2: <laughs> Poor girl. So you know, can you, ma- can you imagine... Yeah, me? She, she was... Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm the other one. David. I'm not Charlotte. I'm not Emily. I'm the other one. <laughs> so, who else? Um, John
0: Goldsworthy. Byron. 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 That Shakespeare. Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Oh... How could we? Yeah, and the big thing about all that—how
2: much Shakespeare has influenced our our um, language, the things that we say. You've seen the memes of all the things that he said. (laughs) uh, I can't remember any of uh, of them, but it's uh, incredible to read about uh, things that are in his plays that we say now. Mm -hmm. Can't think of any of them. To be or not to be. Life is a play. No, life
0: is a stage. Sorry, yeah. not a
3: all play. All the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players.
2: Wow. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <Camp> <laughs> a position. round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes,
0: please. <laughs> wow. But... Um, yeah. So, what what would you say are the common topics in these wor- in these works in English literature? Because I sometimes have a feeling that most of it, because you know, whatever comes to my ha- head is usually like the Brontes, uh, Jane Austen, and I always have this association of English literature being about uh, love and m- well, maybe not misery, yeah, but you maybe know, distant,
2: distant love. You know, those love letters back and forth. Oh, yeah. I I yearn for you. Oh, I love you. I will love you forever. And that kind of what we call what we call Victorian kind of thing where we don't have the they didn't have the Internet. So they could just text. Poor oh, people. Yeah. yeah. So they have to write a long flowery letter and send it by Pony Express, or, Pony Express or or the ship. They'll take two or three weeks or months to arrive.
0: Yeah. So you send, you know, a pigeon to uh-huh, go to to get right. to the ship. And-, and, and it keeps your
2: love alive because you're always yearning.
0: Yeah, for all the half a year that you're waiting for the letter.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so what were other topics
3: apart from this? Well, I guess it depends on the period and on the genre because it we were like representatives of romanticism, mm-hmm. realism, uh, modern, postmodern, uh, whatever.
1: I think there's a certain thing about uh, forbidden love uh, because you see a lot of uh, like uh, the romance is usually between. People from different castes in society that cannot that really be together. That
0: is true. Not only distant, but also forbidden. Mm-hmm. Yes, they love drama.
2: Yes,
0: <laughs> so much drama. Yeah, I think it all started with Shakespeare. Actually, yes, <laughs> he maybe. set the trend. <laughs> people are like, oh, that is getting popular. <laughs> hmm. Now I know what to write about.
3: Well, but if we speak about Rudyard Kipling, for example, it was absolutely different. Like it was about heroes and about patriotic things and uh, like British colonialism mm-hmm. and so on.
1: Mm-hmm. It also feels to me sometimes that in, in some of this literature you have this um, like the women in a way trying to break out of this mold of what they can and cannot do. Like mm-hmm. usually the characters are these women that are trying to say, no, I can't do this. I can uh, I do not have to live by these rules that society imposes on me. Something like that. Art shows how dependent
2: they are on men, mm-hmm. and they have to wait for the man to give them their money or their board, or maybe through marriage they can have finally some kind of security. And this sense of wanting to be free from that, but this dependence, yes, exactly. economic. She, dependence.
0: You know, it gives me a lot of like mixed feelings when I'm reading something like that now. Because I think, oh, how, how dare he say something like that? You know, but of course, at that time, it was a, yes. it was a norm.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. Since we're still on the topic of classics, I have a question to Masha. Because um, every person who studies at the Faculty of Foreign Languages in Russia has to go through one of the subjects, which is uh, foreign literature. So, and I have a question to you, Masha. How, what was it like, this subject at university? While
3: preparing for the podcast, I really tried to remember if it was something, but I don't remember that we had a course on literature. No I way. remember that we had a course on foreign literature at school because it was a, a class uh, with a focus on um, linguistics and uh, uh, such types of subjects. So we had, uh, uh, when I was in 11th grade, it was a course, so... That's
0: what I remember, but
3: I'm so not sure about university. I remember uh, linguistics, theoretical linguistics, theoretical grammar, phonetics, but I don't remember a course of literature. I remember even the history of the language.
0: Yes. Wow, because usually you know that some kind of... um... Maybe
3: we don't have a professor who could teach us. Well, I really don't know why.
0: Wow, because usually, yeah, along along with you know this uh, practical, theoretical grammar, phonetics, history of the language, it's usually one of the subjects that is taught at every single university I know. I mean, it should have been, but obviously oh yeah. I don't
3: remember. But I, I mean, I must have uh, have remembered it because, well,
0: well, yeah, something yeah. to
3: it's something remarkable. It's something maybe to be w- remembered. Maybe
0: there was indeed no professor then. Yeah,
3: I am very very surprised. Yeah, but still, um, I didn't feel. Uh, Miserable or bad about it uh, because. About not having it? Yeah, because by that time I had already read lots of books, so I had known about. Okay. The literature, maybe even more than I do now.
2: So when you're talking about um, reading literature in school, I think it's a really good idea because a lot of times if you're reading literature, you don't really understand the layers of it. Mm -hmm. And you don't, and you'd like to discuss it with someone, but you're by yourself and there's no one who cares about the book you're reading. So I think it's so good to study literature in school. And unfortunately, I really didn't have that. Um, I think that's why that's one of the reasons why book clubs are becoming
0: popular right. now because people want yeah. to talk about things now, yeah, and it be- becomes more and more widespread. Wow! But I had I had this course of yeah. Uh, can you maybe tell us about sure, your course and maybe I will sure.
3: remember something?
0: <laughs> well, sure. Well, at least I can tell about what it was like at my university because well, first of all, at the first year when we were, you know, freshmen, we were given a list of books we have to read by our third year. So and it was 40, at least 40 uh, books in English literature and 40 books in American literature. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't read that much, you know, 40 books, 80 books in total. Uh, So and of course, you know, we kind of ignored the list. I read only like some of them. And then in the third year, we, you know, since we had been given this list, we thought that we would have one semester of English literature, one semester of American literature. No, we had one year devoted only to English literature. So we kind of analyzed it from every point possible, from every side. And I had to go through these, you know, Bronte sisters, Jane Austen, Shakespeare. We had to uh, memorize, you know, and learn by heart and then recite some of the Shakespeare's sonnets. And God, I even had to read John Goldsworth, his The Foresight Saga. And just so you understand, it's four books. And four books full of, will he come back for me? Oh, God, I love him. Oh, no, I got married to the wrong man. Ah.
3: I I remember. Now I am remembering. We didn't have a course on it, but we had uh, these literature classes incorporated uh, uh, in our general English course. That's how. Worked, yeah, because I remember oh, we read, mm-hmm. let's say, Somerset Moem, uh, The Moon and the Six Pants, oh, and too, yeah. of course, lots of Shakespeare's sonnets because I still remember some of them by heart, and uh, that's what wow, I got that, from that, university. That's, that's deep. Uh, and we analyzed some pieces of uh work, yeah, I remember, but uh, it was I'm separate so course.
2: impressed with that. You're lucky that you had that education because I did not have any of that. Yeah, well, I think I think it's because you know it's mandatory
0: because yeah, you know in in our uh, educational system you don't get to choose the subjects you just have to go through them. But
2: to be able to recite Shakespeare and sonnets and to be able to understand what he's talking about because you can start reading it by yourself and who understands Shakespeare? I mean, I, yeah, I can yeah,
0: understand you, would have, you would have to, you know, you would have to have some kind of background, background maybe, yeah. yeah. But what annoyed me is that um, at the end of the year, at the end of the you know second, well, sixth semester. Of our study to, well, we usually had exams in June. So in April, we were given about a hundred pages of lectures on American literature, and we were told to learn them by heart, you know, to read through them, to learn them, to read the books of American literature. And then we had the exam on it. Lovely. We had never, you know, had a chance to discuss that in class. What if I misunderstand something? You want me just to learn the theory? So, but then um I still remember that exam. <laughs> Because it was very awkward. So um, so the, the the way you usually have exams is that you have these exam cards. you pick one of them randomly and it has two questions. So in our case, we had to first had two, I don't know how to call that. So we had, you know, different cards um, on the on the desk. So we had to pick up ten cards uh, of English literature and put them, you know, in the timeline. So who followed whom? Then do the same with American literature. Okay, I somehow did that. have no idea how. Then I had, you know, this card. It was two questions. One on English literature that I answered. The second one was on American literature. It was um, the role of youth in American literature of the like 1920s. So and I was like, okay, the brightest example is Cat The Catcher in the Rye. And the thing is that I had never read it. I only had read the description of it. And my professor just looked at me like, okay what was the name of the main character? I knew that. She's like, who wrote it? And without thinking, I just said, Fitzgerald. She's just looking at me like, what did you say? Like, Salinger, Salinger, it was Salinger. She's like, fail, come come again tomorrow.
3: Like, Damn it.
0: <laughs> so up to this day, I will never forget that it was Salinger because of that mistake. <laughs> and her look, wow. and she was so angry, you know. How dare you say <laughs> such a thing? And the next day I only had to answer one question on American literature, you know, whatever in whatever random question I get to pick. And it was about Edgar Allan Poe, and I knew a lot about him. And my professor asked me if I had read anything, and I said, "Oh yes." And then, you know, she just gave me a chance, and I was telling her about the stories and how this, you know, was the start of these topics. I even mentioned the modern TV shows that were inspired. She's like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay." You have these are oral tests. Yes, ah, it's never it's never uh, written tests, so we usually tend to have uh, oral tests. So well I think it's even it's it's for the better because if you forget something a professor can always ask you questions to yeah, see whether you writing, don't know it or whether you have much. yeah oh, yeah so that exam you know it's been what it's been in 2013 so yeah 8 years i still remember that yeah but i really want to catch up on what i haven't read from american classic like tennessee like yeah Tennessee Williams. So have you read
2: any of Tennessee Williams?
0: I have, but it was, you know, very fast. So I don't think I got to understand any of it.
2: So that was the other thing um, in my family. Um, We would do our plays. So my sister (gasps) would um, assign us. Um, different roles, and we would act them out. And even though I don't understand anything, I'm still, you know, a little girl <laughs> doing my role. And I remember one time saying, oh, you didn't give me a big enough part. So she did a psychology thing on me, and she gave me a lot of parts. So all I did was read and read and read and read and read. Oh of course, my I said,
1: oh, I'm reading too
2: much. But yeah, being assigned a part and kind of acting out, and with different voices, of course. You'd have to put on an accent or something. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. You guys had, like, Amazing education. I mean, I heard about um, students here here having um, oral exams, and that's not something that people really do in Brazil. Usually, your tests are multiple choice. Uh, only like maths, you have to solve. So I think that's uh, a much better way of oh yeah definitely to be able to
2: articulate and discuss. And I think it's also you know,
0: well, I personally find oral tests better because if you have a written test, sometimes you know this thing, but you just forget or you stress out. Mm-hmm. So, and then you might fail. But with oral exams, your professor can ask you questions, you know, just help you. And then you might say, ah, yes. So, you know, they see that you actually know this. Maybe you you were just too stressed
1: to remember it in the first place. Yeah. That's amazing. Because like, um, in, in Brazil, for example, we will read what in America they call the cliff notes, right? Oh. <laughs> to really, uh, because you know, it's going to be a multiple question, uh, you have to write very little, so you just have to remember like little facts. Mm. Yeah. And you don't really get to learn that way, at least not long term. So I get quite impressed uh, with the education here. So you just read, read the, the notes, do
0: the multiple choice tests, then forget about it. Yes, exactly.
2: We weren't <laughs> allowed to read the cliff notes. We would be completely discouraged to do that. You had to read the book. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like I said before, you can read the book by yourself and just not understand it.
0: Interesting, because, I mean, I took a class on, um, how could I, Nabokov uh, at Wellesley, and we had to read a lot, and not just, you know, parts of it, but all of the books, so one course covered three books, and it was tough, it involved a lot of reading, and a lot of very detailed analysis and discussion, So, yeah, but it was a Ukrainian professor.
2: I think my daughter had a very good education. She went to a private um, college and it was called Oglethorpe University and she got her B.A. in English. And I remember she had this dog-eared, ragtail book (laughs) where she had to read. It was actually Russian literature and she had to highlight and she had all Mm -hmm. these tabs in it. I thought, oh, I'm so impressed with her. I thought, oh, wow, she's really learning. (laughs) Something I, I didn't have.
0: Aww. So, and what about modern literature? Do you know much about modern writers? Like, who is popular at the moment? Now, all I know is,
2: like, Stephen King, and that's just through my daughter, but I don't really know anything. Actually, he's the number
0: one popular American author and th- considered to be one of the most popular American authors of all time. Yeah, Have you ever read anything by
1: him? I've read... Uh a couple of things, um, like, well, I haven't, I want to read It, but that mm. one is like a... Oh, yeah, it's a yeah. huge book. It's a, it's, They're all huge, like aren't, book, aren't they? they? <laughs> They're all thick. <laughs> Most of them, yeah. Oh, but he, he also writes short stories sometimes, so...
0: Oh, yeah, I remember the, when I was at university, I got a uh, hold of this book of short stories, mm-hmm. and Stephen King is the master of horror stories. So I was like, you know, it's a short story, I read just two of them. I had the worst nightmares that night. <laughs> really, I'm like, I'm never going to read his short stories. They really get you. Yeah.
1: So, I no. D- I just so happen to like those kinds of stories. So, <laughs> oh, I don't like those
2: kinds of <laughs> stories.
1: But I, he yeah. also
0: writes uh, stories that are not horror stories, like Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption,
1: um, yes. uh, Heart in Atlantis. It's a very mm-hmm. good one.
0: I actually That's read this la- last year. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I remember going to Maine and, uh, you know, to go to Maine from Massachusetts, you have to cross the bridge between New Hampshire and Maine. And, you know, it was very sunny and lovely weather. The moment we crossed the bridge, so we got into Maine, it was so foggy, you know, and Spooky.
1: I'm like, okay, I understand why Stephen King has written <laughs> so many horror
0: stories, you know, living in a place like that.
1: I actually got a chance to go to where he lives, uh, Bangor, <gasps> Maine, and, and I actually have a photograph of his house. <gasps> oh, uh, wow. Yes. He has this
0: fence with like...
1: Yeah, like... Uh, beautiful very, shaped... Yes. Yeah. Has like some... Yeah. They're not quite bats, but because you're supposed to be more demonic looking, you know, but like on the, uh-huh, on the fence. Gargoyle so black type... Fence. And um, you love gargoyles yes, I you, do. Bob, I, right? love I remember gargoyles. that. <laughs> this red house, um, uh, is a darker shade, like almost like maroon, but uh, somehow he, uh, it sounds right, you know. Yeah, so it really suits him,
0: it does, <laughs> it does. Okay, any other modern writers, but actually, okay, by modern, what do we mean by modern, like from 2000? 2000, okay, oh like goodness, John Rowling. Right? Okay. JK yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She is mm-hmm. Dan Brown.
1: Yes. Who would where is he from? The, the secret, way? right? Uh, uh America? Is he an American writer? I guess
3: he's American, yeah.
1: The one who uh, wrote The Secret, right? Uh, okay, uh, yeah. was was the
3: Da Vinci Code, uh, Angel and Demons. I know The
1: Secret was somebody else. Pardon me. I got com- I got it mixed up sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah. Dan Brown. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. yeah,
0: Dan Brown, yeah. Okay. George Martin. I don't know who that is. The Game of Thrones. Uh, the The Song of Ice and Fire. I really hope that he lives as long, you know, as he needs to write and finish writing the sixth book. George, we've been waiting for too long. I'm pretty sure he's gonna die before he <laughs> does that, because he's a an obese man in his seventies, you know, who seems to be doing everything, but not writing the last book of the Song of Ice and Fire, so which makes all of the fans very sad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're waiting. Maybe he has a plan.
3: Maybe he has already finished it.
0: I I would not be surprised even you know if he had this plan, which would be you know to die and then you know in his will write something the book like is ha, ha ha ha.
2: He can do that. He's or he maybe he's change. already written it and he won't publish it until after his yeah, yeah, death. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. About. I, but but don't you find those books so complicated? I cannot keep track of like things like the Matrix. Game of
0: Thrones. Do you think Game Jesus? of Thrones, it took me one year to read the first book. Just because, you know, I had to go through the dictionary so many times when it came to different types of armor, parts of armor, parts of axes, types of, you know, all these weapons. But after that, I, I couldn't stop. I read all of the books that had come out by the, by the moment, so... By that time. So I don't know. It's sometimes hard to follow because there are just too many characters sometimes. But I don't know. The story, the plot just.
1: Ah, so gripping. So. I, I just remembered one, but I can't remember the. Ah, yeah. Diana. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce her last name very well. Gabaldon. She's the writer of Outlander, which is... They now made a series on Netflix uh, based on her books, so she's, I would say, a modern one. It's a a quite interesting um, story, actually, about traveling in time, about some woman who was a nurse in the World War and somehow she travels back in time uh, when there's a lot of conflict between um, England and Scotland. Uh, so, I got to learn a lot of the history around that time mm-hmm. in, in, in England. And so,
0: mm-hmm. are there any modern writers you really like whose books you really like? I can only think of, I mean, again, it depends on how we define modern. Cause let's say I love Terry Pratchett, and I've said that in a lot of episodes already, but I just love him. But he was writing, you know, until 2000, let's say 2000s, 2000, maybe 2010. Um, so is he considered modern? He started writing like 1990s. So I don't know. Neil Gaiman is fantastic. It's also fantasy. He's he's British. I think he's British. He's British.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Can't say. Yeah, there's that guy who is a lawyer. Uh, he's written a lot of books that have been adapted into um, films as well. Pelican Brief, uh, the Client. Oh, God, mm. no, I really uh, don't he's know a, much He's about very modern, modern that, and, and he's an American writer.
2: There's someone named Tom to Clancy be. who's written a lot of books, really thick books. Have you ever heard of Tom Clancy?
0: I might have, but I have never read anything. You know, it's like, it's one of those names, uh, which you remember because you see this name every single right. time you go into a bookstore. Yeah. You have no yeah. clue who that is. I'd have to
1: say, I at know least the name in the 1990s. No. John Grisham. John, right, right. yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's true, yeah, that's, true.
0: It's yeah,
3: that's very true. But it's not like very modern, modern. No, not yeah, mm-hmm. not yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I think with modern, the century modern, is modern, but <laughs> yeah, but so because I'm when thinking. John
3: Fowles, for example, mm-hmm. he's not like the the late the, the latest books, for example, but the collector is for me it's still like modern literature.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, if we speak about like very modern, something that has come out within the last, let's say, decade. I don't think I can name anything of English literature, or American literature, you know, on the go, because mm-hmm. usually it's one book, uh, maybe two books of an author, and I can't remember the name. Yes, I read it. I'm like, okay, that's a nice one, fine, but then I forget about it, and I don't know so about you. No true classics
1: yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We'll give it time, maybe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there maybe are we still need to too many to books we through. haven't read, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> so and what would you recommend to uh, our listeners and our, well, who very often are learners of English? Would you recommend them to read the classics? Because I've had uh, some opinions that if you learn English, you should never read the classics because it's outdated language. It's not, you know, it's not going to be useful. So what do you think?
3: Well, maybe it depends on the level, first of all. <clears throat> because uh, if you are an advanced student, why not... Why not read Shakespeare just for a change, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to see how the language uh, had been developing through through the years? Uh, so, I, I think it depends on the on the level.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, d- I don't know about you, but I get I get asked very often by my students, Kasia, can you recommend something to
2: read? So, what would you recommend? Well, as I said before, that J.D. Salinger, I would I would recommend. Mm-hmm. I would recommend um, um, uh, uh,
0: Steinbeck. Okay.
1: There's By the way, am
3: I, am I right to say that he wrote plays, like Of Mice or, uh, and Men? Is it a play? Yes,
2: Of, of Mice and Men. It's a play, yeah? Um, I've read, so it's not I a remember novel. reading it and it was a Book. I don't remember it being a play. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe. Because maybe I saw was. it
3: on stage. I saw yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't it in the theater and I, I remember oh, yeah, reading I it. Well, uh, when we I, um, speak about. Yeah, sorry, did no, uh, no, I no. interrupt? No, no, no. When we speak about recommendations, do you uh, mean uh, for just pleasure or for studying English? Because that's so different.
0: I guess
1: for studying English. <laughs> then
3: I couldn't recommend anything.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> then there's the collection, the Penguin. Books where they rewrite some stories, oh, even yeah, classics, yeah. or like adapt- yes. adapted literature, yes. Yes. yeah, mm-hmm. any any so, adapted literature. Mm-hmm. Then they have the choice to pick whatever they like to read. And mm-hmm.
0: just- okay, Barbara, do you have any recommendations? Uh, not any more than I've said. Okay, I usually um, I might recommend you know uh, some books by oh God, the Shopaholic series. Sophie Kinsella. Sophie Kinsella or Cecilia Ahan, Because they are writing very simple stories. And the stories themselves are like... "Eh, Yes. Okay.
3: So, like, when you read one, then you know what happens in the next one. Yeah, they're all the
0: same. It's nothing, you know... You're not going to have this wow effect. No. But they have very simple language. And the language that you might... You will need, you know, names of clothes. All these you know typical actions at home like paying the bills discussing you know the debts work relationship maybe there is a similar one to that's
2: called girl boss oh um, yeah i think it's all it's all from the okay, same yes, so, yeah so that reminds in, me we yeah. had a student here who just loved sex in the city i, I think should, it's the same, same kind yeah. of thing The yeah the shopaholic the girl boss the
0: story is yeah. meth
2: But the vocab Mm -hmm. you can get is really useful. Really simple kind of life. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So you will not see, you know, those complicated phrases, you know, inversion or something like that. Bridget Jones diary. Yeah, Bridget Jones Diary. But it's language that you will use. It's real life language. Yeah. Actually, I have one last question to you. Not connected with recommendations, but have you ever had a book that you never finished reading? Mm, some of them.
3: Well, you know, I try to. If I started a book, I usually try to read it up to the end because I just feel, I just feel bad if I don't finish a book. But there were some, and not, well, for example, a book by Chuck Palahniuk, one one of his books, not Somehow the fight, no, not, not the fi- no, the Fight Club. I read the Fight Club. I enjoyed it.
0: Then I picked up another one, and I just couldn't. I couldn't high
1: five
0: yeah I can totally relate there were a couple of them that I couldn't finish because they are
1: too like I couldn't finish (laughs) The Born Identity I've never read there is a movie yeah Um, I I found out that there was a book because of the movie I was in the Mm -hmm. library and said oh it's based on a book let me buy it and I started reading I was like it's not as exciting
0: <laughs> that's my situation with Julie and Julia it's a lovely movie you know about uh, cooking about Julia Child who was a chef and while I was watching I was just in love with this movie and then I saw a book and I was like oh I need to read it it was the most boring book I've ever read it's not written by a professional writer but rather by a journalist and you could see that it's just so boring what happened first? The book or the film? I think the book. Mm. It might be the book. Wait, now? now because, I'm I mean, uh, if uh,
3: the book was the first, it should have been better than a
0: film. Yeah, normally but, the book is Well, better. maybe the, but maybe if the director didn't... saw an opportunity of a sellable movie. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, it was just written in such... Too simple. You know, when mm-hmm. you read and you get no pleasure. Like reading a blog. <laughs> a very, you know... Mm-hmm not a great one you know just average blog all right well I actually have a question as I usually do to our listeners so what about your preferences do you know much about English or American literature and I would really appreciate you as somebody who's constantly looking for new books to read to write down your top three books so what would you recommend us to read well by us I mean me mostly I don't know about (laughs) you but please please Yeah, it can be any genre, anything. Just, yeah, please write so in the comment section. I really appreciate it. So, and I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies, for talking about literature. And I want to thank you listeners for listening to this episode. And I want to remind you that if you struggle to understand our conversation, you can always go to our website, which is bigappleschool.com slash podcast, and you can find full scripts of each episode there. Just make sure to play the episode first and then click to, click on the show script button. And if you want to get even more content, which will help you learn English, you can always follow us on the social media, such as Instagram, Telegram, YouTube. We are everywhere, literally everywhere. Just search our name, which is Big Apple School. So that was Katja. And my guests for today were Carol, Barbara and Maria. Stay tuned and we'll see you around.